What did I just say? Doesn't sound like the usual mindless, boring, getting to know you chit chat. And we welcome you into the Green Insider, powered by eRenewable. This is episode 146 of the podcast. My name is Greg Frank. You're going to hear from Mike Niemer in just a minute. And he's going to be joined today by a friend of the podcast. It's Richard Lum, who, if you've been a loyal listener long enough, you remember Richard from episode 58 back in August of 2021. Richard is the founding partner and co-chief investment officer at Victory Hill. And he's going to speak to us about their capital sustainable investment fund. So looking forward to hearing from Richard. But before we get to Richard Lum, we're going to play the name of News Minute as another friend of the podcast, Tim Berrigan, is going to join us right now. He's going to tell you about some upcoming conferences with NEMA. This is Tim Berrigan, Executive Director of the North American Energy Markets Association. Thanks for the opportunity to provide another NEMA News Minute. NEMA is excited to welcome the following new members that have joined over the past couple of months. Cox Enterprises, based in Atlanta. MKC Enterprises, based in Chicago, ConnectGen of Houston, Energy Aspects of New York, Anchor Power Solutions, based in Atlanta, Renewify, based in New York, and Citadel Energy Marketing, LLC, with offices in Connecticut and Houston, are all recent NEMA new members. The Fall 2022 NEMA Conference will be held at Lowe's Midtown Hotel, October 12th through the 14th. This is a beautiful hotel in a historic and beautiful part of the ATL. We are approaching 200 registrants for the conference. You can visit our website to find out who they are. We look forward to seeing all of our NEMA friends in the Peach State and meeting our newest members. NEMA will hold the East Meets West Conference sponsored by Excel in Vail, February 1st through the 3rd, 2023. We expect to open registration for NEMA members in early November followed by an open registration later that month. Last, but certainly not least, NEMA Spring Conference will be at the Weston Hilton Head Island in May 2023. We are really excited about this venue and the content which will be presented at that conference. Thanks again for letting us provide this NEMA News Minute. Looking forward to seeing everyone in Atlanta two weeks from now. Thank you, Richard, for joining us today on Follower Friday here at the Green Insider, powered by eRenewable. On LinkedIn a week ago, I saw you posted a press release on Victory Hills Sustainable Energy Opportunities Fund, what you call GESEO. I want you to tell the listeners a little bit about that and uh, what you guys are doing across the pond from the United States. GSEO, the fund, as we like to call this, is uh, something that we started off uh, to right at the beginning, actually, of our journey. We wanted to raise money from the public markets in, in, in the UK via a listing of what we called an investment trust vehicle. We did that with an IPO in February 2021. We raised through that vehicle about 243 million sterling, which at the time was the largest raise for a first-time fund uh, by a first-time manager. So we were very pleased about that. And since February 2021, we've been on a series of basically deploying the money that we raised by acquiring sustainable energy investments globally and through actually going back to the London Stock Exchange to raise more money 
through successive issuances. First of all, in November 2021, when we raised a further 70 million sterling. And then six weeks ago, actually, in, in a very tough market in, 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 in the UK and in Europe in particular, we managed to raise a further 122 million sterling, which we felt was an incredible result, given that IPO activity during the period in, 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 on the UK LSE also dropped by about 94%. So it does demonstrate, in our view, that there is still significant uh, investor interest in enabling the energy transition, and and that's really our mission. And that's such a wonderful mission. You know, here on the Green Insider, you know, we've spent over two years now trying to educate the public. And when I was looking back at the last time you were on the show, back in August of 21, which is just a little over a year ago, we were at episode 58. Now, this is going to be episode 146. There's been so much interest. Thank you so much. So much interest in everything professionals and subject matter experts like yourself have to say. There's so much interest in the public that they can't seem to get enough. And that keeps driving us. And, and hearing you talk about the success of your fund is just wonderful. When we were on before, you know, we talked about just why sustainability means more than just clean energy and what the energy transition looks like over in the UK. And then you gave it, that was a a well-received podcast that you did about a year ago. And now with this opportunity that you're talking about here with what you're doing and the growth of the fund, uh, it speaks volumes, not only Victory Hill, but the market in general. Absolutely. And and, and I'd agree with that, um, Ashley, Mike. I think the opportunity set is as strong as ever. Uh, in terms of the uh, the need for this type of capital uh, to come in and enable the transition. I think the International Energy Agency commented that between 2020 and 2040, uh, the requirement for investment in, in, in sustainable energy infrastructure was around about $40 trillion, which is a staggering amount by any measure. But I think that's actually a conservative estimate because I think that only focuses on primary sources of renewable energy supply and it doesn't take into account infrastructure existing infrastructure that needs to be upgraded around producers of energy and and that's what we're focused on as well in 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 our remit we don't only look at core renewables for example renewable energy we believe the transition means that we need to adopt existing energy infrastructure conventional energy infrastructure as well to support that transition so a large part of our investment thesis is also about supporting for example sectors such as midstream infrastructure in particular through our investments in the united states to help shift you know fuels uh, low sulfur fuels and ultimately biofuels and maybe even hydrogen through the value chain i think that's very important to note we can't only specifically focus on renewable generation we also need to focus on the other bits that enable it around it and we can't ever lose sight of that and i think within the context of the uk the focus very much has been on renewable generation solely um, you know um, thus far and i think if you only concentrate on renewable generation solely you're at risk of creating an imbalance in the system here because 
clearly with lots more wind farms and solar farms in the UK, if the wind doesn't blow and the sun doesn't shine, which happens more often than not, um, actually, um, you're stuck in terms of the source of energy in the, in, in the mix. And the operator still has to call on more pollutive sources of power to firm the grid. So in some way, if you're able to address that balance through a number of solutions that we're looking at, then you will help in terms of you know, creating a more sustainable system. And by a number of solutions, we're referring to stuff such as we're, we're currently invested in a, a UK gas-fired, highly efficient gas-fired power station, a flexible power station that has carbon capture on it. And what we use the CO2 for that we capture is we scrub it into a food-grade CO2 that we can then sell to the industrial gases market here in the UK because the food and beverage industry has a chronic shortage of food-grade CO2. And, and, and that has a dual sustainability impact there because we're firming the grid on the one hand with our power, our flexible power, and that allows more renewable penetration. And we're also meeting the demand for food-grade CO2. That type of approach, I think, is something that we bring that is unique from Victory Hill, but I think needs to be promoted more by, you know, uh, by leaders both in the industry and also in government as well to ensure there is this sufficient underpinning to help support this. That was Richard Lum with Victory Hill Capital. Thank you so much, Richard, for joining us on The Green Insider, powered by Renewable. It's always a pleasure to have you on our show, and thank you for joining us for a second time, and hopefully there'll be a third time not too soon. That's all for us at The Green Insider. Everybody enjoy your weekend.